And welcome back. I'm your host, Esther Polito, your favorite Jersey girl, and this is the Baddest Broad Podcast. I have a special guest today, my friend, Luke Hostetler. Do I pronounce that properly? Yeah, if you're pronouncing it the German way, yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, special treat. Luke is going to be joining us today. He's been an esports coach, community manager, cat daddy, and juggers sports enthusiast. Am I saying juggers right? By it's the just way? jugger. There's no S. It's, it's okay. Just, I'm yeah, adding the, the S for no jugger. reason. Sugar mm-hmm. <laughs> sports. Okay. Yeah. Well, welcome to the podcast. I'm so happy to have you on. Thank you. Good to be here. And before I kick things off, I do want to wish you a happy friendiversary. Yeah. Um, and same <laughs> to you. Mm-hmm. I know that's coming up this weekend. That's going to be a good time. Um, we actually had one of my favorite meet cutes around this time last january do you want to tell the story because it, it happened on the dance floor yeah which is... I, I think you're you're better off telling it i i knew we had to hit it though <laughs> like that was one of my first notes that i had was like we have to absolutely yeah. have to yeah um first of all i was drinking so let me just preface it with that mm-hmm. because Have it was my ber- it was good. my birthday day i was wearing and it was full-on like the year of barbie court this was before i even knew the movie barbie was coming out but i was so inspired by like the the previous summer's like valentino runway whatever it was it was a valentino whoever it was was really like you know leaning into the hyper femme super pink and i was like let's just do barbie so i was wearing a hot pink um care bear sweater which all like every single girl in in that place was like oh my god where'd you get this yeah legally blonde had nothing on it yeah yeah so i was wearing that had my hair did i was at least three drinks in and this was at a local bar during the day and that particular night there was a few um djs that came down from seattle i believe yeah and it was like hip-hop night so i was mm-hmm. like yeah this shit's going down yeah it was, <laughs> so I was yeah it was it was not a very big place so i was a little nervous and we had to stay in line a little bit but it was like wall-to-wall people it was the first time i had gone out like out out in that kind of setting since covid and it was my birthday so i was just like feeling myself first of all <laughs> and then but by the time i think i saw you i was two or three drinks in and this girl i mean I am just a very happy drunk. <laughs> Can't confirm, Whereas yes. normal me might be a little shy about like just talking to random people. Mm-hmm. Like once I have a couple of drinks in me, I was like, hey, and I was standing by the stage. I didn't even know this. I was standing by the stage with a couple of my friends um, in front of where the line starts up for the photo booth. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where I clocked you with your friends. Yeah. Um, well, we were just cause... trying to sneak past you because it's like between the DJ booth and the actual bar. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that's where I saw you. You were so cute. And (laughs) and I think that was around the same time I was really putting out my intention into the universe. I was like, I'd really love to meet more people on this side of town so I could just hang out and not have it to be like, not have to do a whole logistics planning of like, hey, do you want to meet here? Can we meet downtown? Where can we meet? So it's been so lovely to just get to meet you. and just, you know, have this friendship flourish through through the course of a year. And I have to say, I am so grateful for you because you were so intentional in the beginning. And you were like, we should get to know each other. And I was like, what? <laughs> I don't think well, I've ever you. heard a man articulate things this way. Like, what is happening? So I really did appreciate that because this season is all about resilience and relationships. And what I've found like past your, you know, once you get out of like that college age 20s, it becomes harder and harder to really meet new people and make friends and keep friends. So you really have to set your intention and be very honest with people. It's like, I would like (laughs) to get to know you and hang out and do stuff. So I really did appreciate that because I was like, wow, like I couldn't really think of a situation where somebody was just so direct in that way. So I really did appreciate that. So, so happy to have you on. Thanks. Welcome. Yeah, it's, it's been a while cooking and I'm glad to be here. And yeah, I, I yeah, it, it was a really fun night. And likewise, because like I, I consider you one of my closest friends, to be honest, at this point, like it's so nice to <gasps> connect with people who are, again, on this side <laughs> of the river and um, just intentional about how they mm-hmm. spend their time and 
staying in touch with people. And I think it's very easy to let those things slide. And I don't expect perfection from anybody because it'd be very unfair to me to expect that and also fail on delivering that. But I, I appreciate intention wherever it is. And yeah. Yeah, you've you've been a really great mentor too in some areas, and whether it comes to career or looked over my resume, I believe like a couple of things. Um, oh yeah, I'm I'm always down. I I've edited and helped write so many resumes in my time, and it could be anybody. It's pretty much been like all of my partners and boyfriends, my friends, any of my extended friends, like anybody who needs um, help with a resume, just practicing interviewing skills. Um, be a reference. I will lie through my teeth <laughs> to hype you up and make you look good. Like mm -hmm. I am always down for that. So I don't think your resume really needed much. I think you did a really, really good job as far as um, the formatting and everything. But I feel like it's just nice to be able to make sure you know you're either on the right track, or sometimes if I know my, one of my friends is doing a job search, like I will just check in once a week, be like, how how's it going? You know, yeah. is there mm -hmm. anything else you need? Is there somebody I could introduce you to who might just be in the same industry, network, whatever? That's really helpful. Mm -hmm. um, you look yeah. at the same document too many times and it starts to not make sense. If you mm -hmm. like say the same word too many times, it sounds weird. You really do need someone else who hasn't been beating their head against the same wall that you have to come right. and take a look. It is no, very impactful. For sure. No, for sure. Um, well, let's kick things off. And I am really curious because I think this is one of the first things we bonded over is that we both come from very strict religious upbringings and we're both living very secular yep. <laughs> lifestyles. Is that appropriate to say? I, yeah, yeah. That's a pretty, yeah, appropriate assessment, I'd say. Like, And I actually recently had a conversation with my parents, too, about like strictness and they were... Um, they really didn't mean for uh, like us kids to pick up on like legalism or being more of the strict side of things that, that really wasn't their intention i'm mm. coming to find out and uh it, it you know it's definitely what i what i caught what i took with right me. yeah but um yeah i am glad that like that that wasn't the goal it was just about um it was more of a leadership impact it was more of our group and the direction it went um lots of really troubling beliefs that were um obviously very misogynistic and very you know like very backward in terms of creating a healthy culture for mm. for anyone who wasn't a straight white man like at the time which is like where i found myself so i like i was like i don't see any abuse i don't see anything wrong with this system i'm doing great yeah um a little easier to say when you're one of the favorite families in the church at the time and one of the favorite kids at the time um i literally had parents like why can't you be like luke to their kids which was really damaging for everybody um, yes. among other things mm -hmm. no i could definitely see that and how do you think that part, and this doesn't have to be, you know, be about the religious portion, but how did that early childhood experience kind of shape and how did that translate into who you are today? There is one aspect that I'd like to highlight, but I honestly don't know if it was, I don't think it was due to my upbringing. I've always been very cautious, very risk averse. That's always been the case. I'm so scared to take that first step into a new project or something, uh, reach out to someone maybe at work that I haven't talked to before and say, hey, you work in marketing, right? We just do like 15 minutes and you show me what your workflow is like. Things like that. Taking any sort of little risk, even if it's just like my lizard brain trying to protect me. Um, and there's no real negative outcome, even if like maybe they say no, like it's fine. Like nothing happens. I, I'm still healthy and I just go on to the next day and I deal with it and I move on. But I think that's one area that I really wish I had leaned into more in my childhood. Um, my parents really tried to get me to try a lot of things. Like, it, like I did chess. I did a little bit of horseback riding. I did so many things. And I just didn't have a ton of interest as a kid. It just took me a long time to figure out what I wanted. And that was still the case into my career. Like, I, I completed two associate's degrees. Don't do that. Get a bachelor's instead. And I couldn't decide what I knew, like, what I wanted to do, what I loved until I was about 25 or so. So yeah, within the last five years, that's when I found the most fulfillment. I, I felt mm. like I was for a while stunted by my upbringing, but I realized it was more just my personality that I brought with me. I feel like of all the kids at our church, I had one of the best childhoods. Like I, I just had a great time. And, you know, obviously there are still things I wish we'd done differently and 
I appreciate all the work that my parents put in because they meant the best. Like they, mm-hmm. it was clear that they never were trying to do anything that would go against our kids' well-being, and I always appreciate that. That will always mean a lot to me. And they were very patient and very forgiving because I was a, very much a stickler. I still am for certain textures, certain foods, certain things. You know, you know, like it's it's, really? if it's not perfectly right. Yeah, not Goldilocks. Nope. I I have no interest. Completely done. And that. I've since tried to channel that more into appreciating things that I that are outside of my control, where it mm. may be environments like a house party with people who are a little too loud or a little too crude for me or a little too just eh, not really about. That's okay. It's okay for things to be imperfect and still mm-hmm. enjoy them. I find that really surprising because I'm a very, for some people, especially in the Pacific Northwest, because I'm very East Coast, mm-hmm. I'm a lot of everything they're not familiar with and they don't really understand or appreciate. And so I, I get that. <laughs> and so when you say like crude, I was like, I can be very crass and crude depending on what's going yeah, on around me. you're not me. shouting over people, you know, like we, like we went to the Barbie movie, for example. Everyone's having a good time. Some of us were talking loud. But we were all hanging out, respecting each other. No one was getting corralled, as far as I could tell. Right. That's really funny because <laughs> I think you're talking about the last time we went to Sergio's DJ gig. Is that what you're talking about? Oh, I was talking about just the Barbie movie when we went to see that with a group of like oh, five or six of oh, us. Oh, okay. Yeah, but but that's another good example because there was a whole yeah. bunch of people I didn't know, but I felt so at home and they were so nice and everyone was just friendly and like, who are you? Where are you from? You know, what are you up to? Like, what's your career? Mm-hmm. It wasn't just like small talk about the weather or other really banal topics that nobody actually wants to discuss. I would not be friends with Sorry, people like that. Meteorologists. <laughs> I, I'm not a meteorologist, so apologies. No, and I think I have to say I do appreciate because we've hung out in like kind of very different settings throughout the year. So we've gone mm-hmm. on like walks, like just, you know, mm-hmm. going for a nice long walk around the waterfront or Food going to good. see the Barbie movie. And that was a whole mm-hmm. event with like, you know, four or five other people. And I made everybody dress up. So thank you for being game for that. But I I do find that almost every single time we hang out, you always bring such good energy. Thank and you. you're always just so down yeah. for whatever's happening. Mm-hmm. And I really do love that quality about people because we all have friends who kind of they want to come and complain about their week. And I'm like, we're not, we're not doing that right now. Like we can have a coffee or you could call me later and yeah. we could talk mm-hmm. about it. But I'm like right now in this group setting or wherever we are, it's like, we're not, that kind of just pollutes <laughs> the whole vibe. Yes. And so I appreciate it because every single time we've hung out, you've always just showed up with like the best energy. Mm-hmm. And it was really funny. And, uh, and I feel like we meet each other really well and we meld really well together. Yeah, that's that's um, why it is easy to a large extent right. because you are easy to hang out with and like so naturally I want to have a good time. It's like you know. No, I appreciate it just that. Works. Like yeah, I, appreciate I don't that. think there's ever been a moment where I felt like awkward or like uncomfortable or just ill at ease. It's 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 just easy, you know. I think <laughs> I was a bit concerned when we went to um Sergio's gig because his friends were there and they were very engaging and very like warm and welcoming but they were a bit quieter yeah Mm -hmm. and we were more like chatted kathy we're like okay let's get drinks oh let's go talk to these people over here exactly (laughs) let's go go just dance Mm -hmm. by ourselves on the dance floor even though it's empty (laughs) they felt more observant to some extent like they were there to like kind of sit lean against the wall with a drink in hand and right you know say hi and be cheerful but yeah so I was I was a little worried for them because I was like oh my god are we being too much I don't even know (laughs) nah we were not no Mm -mm. So, yeah. So I'm really happy to hear that about your childhood. And then I, I am really curious because esports um, is a big, it's a big part of your career. How, how did you get into that? And I know esports has been around for a while, and I think it's very popular in countries like Korea. Yeah, is South right? Korea, Japan. Um, Singapore is a huge destination as well. India also has a very large growing scene, and Africa is just exploding across the whole continent oh, wow. because finally there's tons and tons of young people are getting access to the technology that they need to connect with other people and connect with each other and yeah so it's, it's becoming increasingly global thing and it's very cool to see more countries get involved even though esports did not make the olympics as it was supposed to um and hope for um even just some basic games like rocket league or specifically the olympic committee wanted 
titles that were non-violent and you know more sports related um i'm still very very happy just to see it represented anywhere the main issues that plague the industry still are very much it's very much a, a men's area there's not really much room for women or any kind of marginalized people to really have the resources they need to succeed they're constantly harassed yada 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 and what else is new um, and so it's very, very cool to see studios like Activision Blizzard recently who are opening up more avenues for people from all backgrounds to actually have equal footing in competitions. And I'm talking more specifically young people, specifically around age 15, all the way up to 19 is when I think a lot of orgs, big orgs, like, you know, whether they sign with Ninja or someone who's completely unknown, just, uh, I'd say kids from my perspective. I'm sorry, like I'm 30, but anyone who's like 15 to 19, like, you, you know, you're uh, still growing. 30 you're still, you're still yeah. a baby and so when i was coaching <laughs> like all these kids are like 15 to 19 a lot of them have at least one or two absent parents and they're just kind of at home just kind of making the most edgy conversation that they can and i'm just trying to not lose my temper and um i just originally found my way in because there was this video game called overwatch in 2016 that came out and it's just a pixar style shooter it's it's absolutely adorable it's so cute i cry every time i watch like their trailers and shorts for like a you know like a new hero that comes out because it's just the most inspiring pure stuff and i i love the game i played for two years and realized there's a lot of other kids who also play and i hit top three percent in in the world and i was like okay so i can play at a high level but i really want to coach at a high level so mm-hmm. i just started small and i started coaching friends who were interested in it and actually like hey i want to get better you know if you show up every weekend just to play like soccer at a home gym or like some, some indoor sports arena that you've got going on and maybe you know sign up is 10 20 bucks a lot of those people you know at least a third of them are kind of be like i kind of want to work on this specific shot or i want to work on dribbling i want to be able to pass better and so it was easy to kind of just talk to my friends and say hey what do you want to work on dude let's just do this one little thing like i'll just watch you play a couple games or you play a couple games and record them for me and then i do live commentary over that and send it back and of course i'd upload it to youtube or elsewhere and that did some decent numbers. I would hit like 100, 150 views on some of them. And it was fun to do thumbnail design and lean in into it. And it is, it is already like some of those cringy content. I have it saved, but it's private because I don't want, I, I just don't want to have to think about that too often. Um, even though it was only, the game is what? It's 2024. So it's approaching its eighth year of being around. And I coached from about 2018 to 2020, really fell off as the pandemic hit. And I just realized I was too drained. I was too stretched. When you're doing everything grassroots, you have to do it all yourself. Um, mm-hmm. Kids who are 15, 19, they, a lot of them just don't have that developed, I guess, reliability or awareness to really contribute to a team setting. And so not only am I coaching, but I'm also being a mentor. I'm also, you know, balancing personality issues, conflict issues. I left previous teams I was even playing on because as the coach, I'm just not the best person to be filling in when someone's absent or doesn't show up and then tells you a week later, oh yeah, sorry, I was on a vacation. Like, you know, it's that's the name of the game, is just people not showing up, flaking, being consistent, and it was very disheartening because I I really wanted to, like, love on these kids and give them the support that I wish I'd had when I was their age playing video games, and a lot of them are just trying to get, like, a $2,000 scholarship to, mm-hmm. like, Missouri um, Esports, which is, like, a, you know, MSU? Is that the I can't remember which colleges are in. Yeah, Mizzou, yeah. Um, is a big hub for a lot of people. Um, there's also some big spots in Philly that'll offer like up to $5,000 if you just play on their esports team for a third of the year. And places like that, because then at least they can verify, you know, hey, parents, look, I'm actually doing something by playing games because there's still, there's still a lot of generations that they're fine with you reading a book for two hours, but don't you dare play video games for two hours. Um, you know, or just yeah, like you can is... watch TV for two hours, but video games, <laughs> it's, it's, so, it's so interesting to me. Like, I, I, I don't understand the mentality at all. I, I've loved video games since I was six years old. Like, I, I played Math Blaster on, the, like, Windows 95, which was my first introduction. Loved video games. Like, for, I would sneak out to the computer in the morning sometimes before my siblings got up so I could just play uninterrupted. And it was, it was just the best. Um, and I've loved I like how that's <laughs> yeah I like how that's everybody's childhood story is like trying to sneak so many hours of video gaming before your parents realize what they're doing yeah it would just um, be like they catch like, on they'd wake up and be like oh okay you know get off let's have some breakfast and I'd be like you know excited because I got in like 45 minutes or an hour instead of my daily 30 minute allowance which was never enough 
Um, I definitely had an addiction, I would say, as a kid to video games. But also, I never got to live out that addiction a ton because of that 30-minute timer. I, it was rare I played more than 30 minutes a day. So I don't know. I really, I really wish that given my homeschool setting, like I could usually get all my schoolwork done 9, 8, 9 p.m. to 9 p.m. start time would be wild. 9 a.m. to noon. And then I'd just, if I wasn't playing Little League or like some other sports at the time, I could just do whatever else I wanted throughout the day if my chores got done. And so I'd have loved more time to like explore more video games and, you know, digital worlds and concepts. But mm. I recognize my parents were trying to just limit and just curb how much I was throwing in there. I don't think there was nearly the connection that we see today where this whole industry is built around video games. Whereas back in like 99 or 2000, 2005, I don't think there were even like really competitions for a lot of video games at a large scale, aside from like maybe Street Fighter or other mm-hmm. games that were more recognized. More yeah, mainstream. that was my generation. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, like, you know, Contra, like titles that are more, yeah. I think, yeah, like 1v1 especially, like lend themselves to easier hosting and logistics and format because you maybe only invite 32 people, you know, internationally and they all come and play for a weekend. And mm-hmm. that was it back in that day. And now nowadays you have global tournaments happening every week of the year um, for almost every kind of whether it's like league of legends dota counter-strike like all the big players call of duty timeless um halo you know every title that's ever existed is constantly having grassroots tournaments or some kind of you know official sanctioned esports tournament and i i've just never stopped loving it like there's so many so many kids in there that i say kids i yeah but again the the demographic ranges from 15 to 25 people who are maybe skipping out on college focusing on you know trying to make it in burbank and you know they go to play games for like 10 12 hours a day come back and that's their life six days a week and i just i just want to help them like i just they need support and they need to be told like it's okay to not be perfect it's okay to Mm -hmm. just do your best and if that's not enough for some teams or brands or it's okay to move on because your worth isn't dependent on that it's not dependent on being perfect no, for yeah. sure. I just wish someone had told me that. That's all. That's really tough because <laughs> coming from an Asian culture, I do see how, although, and you know, it's the mixture of like you mix religion with Asian culture. Yes, what comes out is is generally this expectation of achievement and success. And I will say for that, yes, for the most part, a lot of people in my life, my uh, friends, my colleagues who come from very similar backgrounds are, quote unquote, relatively successful, but very, very unhappy and depressed and hate their Mm -hmm. lives and themselves. So I really appreciate you saying that because I think I was one of those people who didn't really understand um, gaming as much or gaming culture. But now I see more and more how it's really great to have that community, number one. And number two, it's for some people who are either housebound or they don't have as big of a network or, you know, friend circle, mm-hmm. that is their, that's kind of their whole life is online. Um, and that's how they make friends. So I think that that is really important for people to acknowledge and understand how it's just different now. Um, and we really have to provide these kids with as much support, you know, as we can. Yeah, 100%. It's the accessibility is a huge draw for me is I've met people from all around the world who can play games and maybe they can't travel. But like, you know, people from Egypt, Mongolia, Japan, Australia, I've made friends even just here in the US, like in Georgia, in Maine, Colorado, who I'd never meet in any other circumstance. But we just happen to hang out in the same online channels and get to talking and they tell me about their life and I tell them about mine. And it's like, okay, cool. If I ever go to Egypt, I know what to do. Like I know some places to go, things to avoid, you know, scams to look out for. And awesome. even if that never happens, like I'm still, you know, eternally grateful that I got to learn that. I just love learning about other places, cultures, foods, especially foods. Um, I got chewed out by my friend from Egypt for eating like whole chickpeas rather than like mashed as hummus <laughs> or hummus. And um, that was fun. Like I live for that stuff. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Um, so pivoting over to... I'm going to try to say it properly. Jugger. Yeah. Yeah. Good job. How is it? When, when you first mentioned it, I think it took me, I was like, what are you saying to me right now? I was like, okay, how is this not Quidditch? So I, now I need to know what, what is the difference? Because to me, I'm like, so everything you're explaining sounds like Quidditch. 
Yes. But it's not. So what what is what is the the game itself? Where did it come from? I know you're very heavily involved in it, um, especially throughout the summer months, as far as the leagues the leagues are concerned. Yes, that's that's definitely been my main physical outlet aside from the gym has just been playing Jugger. And it's ironic you mentioned Quidditch as like the comparison because we actually have a few former Quidditch players who oh. play with us because there used to be a Portland Quidditch league and you just hold the broom between your legs and run around and you know you try to replicate the game as much as you can. And it's the silliest thing ever. Um, but also it looked like it was a lot of fun. And of course, JK Rowling having some issues and like making some dubious claims and stuff, it was rebranded to Quad Ball so that it could be played without you know fear oh. of encroachment or anything like that. It's still the same game, right. it's just squad ball, to clarify. Um, I think the snitch got renamed too, I could be wrong. But what, yeah, one of my friends um, was pretty involved in that uh, pre-pandemic, and of course, pandemic happened, um, and it was still outdoors, but I think a lot of people just weren't quite okay or you know ready to continue playing that, even with if space was involved and masks were on. It was just a, a little too much, I think, for some people. Jugger, I would say, differs from Quidditch in terms of there's only one goal for each team. And mm -hmm. there's only one ball. It, it is a shaped like a dog skull. It's made out of foam. And it sits in the middle of the field. And each team has five players, uh, with one of them unarmed. The other four have various weapons ranging from long swords to a sword and shield to dual short swords to a mason chain. And there's also spears, quarterstaves. Um, I think that's all of the accepted weapons. But the team's just trying to put the dog skull in a little donut-shaped upright goal that you know it just has to stand upright in the center of the donut and if it does team scores a point and so you just go and you whack other people and whoever makes the first hit downs them for eight seconds and so as long as that person's down obviously they can't hit other people and the quicks are the only people who can wrestle they can wrestle each other and they carry the dog skull back and forth they can throw the dog skull they can they're the only ones who can pick it up and that is a lot of fun. I don't think I've gotten a more substantial bruise all last year than when I was quicking, we call it, against a teammate of mine. We were just doing scrims because we had enough people to do a full game, 10, um, 5v5, so 10 people. And she's about 120 pounds. And she, like, there's no rules. Like, I was like, we just had a conversation where it was like, I'm down to like, grapple and wrestle like rugby style as much as necessary and she basically she does jujitsu and she planted like one foot at an angle and as i was kind of going the diagonal to her tackled me just like shoulder into my waist and i almost went straight down and then oh to God. catch herself she planted her cleated foot into my thigh so i had a <gasps> bruise like six feet not six feet six inches um for like three or four weeks after that and it was very painful and i'd 100 do it again it was so much fun um, but I've really enjoyed, yeah, having people over, like stay at my house from across the country. And a lot of them are 15 to 19. Lots of people in California. We've got a chapter here in Portland, Tri-Cities, Seattle, Denver comes out sometimes, Arizona comes out sometimes. And we just play and have like either, it's just like one day even with the Seattle people. It's a lot of fun to see them. And we just get out in the, we've played in the mud, in the snow, in the ice. Um, blazing sun like it, it just people they they love the game and they just want to hang out and everybody's a nerd like they all they're all into pokemon or they love magic or they love you know comics like it's it attracts a very specific type of person and mm. those people are generally just very sweet you know we're all a little eccentric and just having a good time and being ourselves and disputes are sometimes you know they they come up but everyone's very gracious and feelings are usually very quick to heal and we move on, and that's what makes the game fun, is that everyone's a good sport. Even if people are very competitive, we all focus on the integrity of the game and caring about each other first. Even, you know, even after we're, you know, bruising each other or slapping each other with foam weapons, because they can hurt. Like, the heavy ones, it's a, like a PVC core surrounded by a pool noodle, and so if you hit someone with that hard enough, you'll, you'll get a bruise. But uh, usually we're trying to avoid anything beyond those. Yeah, so that is your question because like it's it's hard. Yeah, to no, answer for succinctly. sure. I think you covered a lot of it. Where <laughs> did this initially originate? From? It was this 1970s movie called The Salute of the Jugger in Germany. Don't watch it; it's a terrible movie. Um, <laughs> like it's I, like it's not bad. I would watch it if I was drunk, basically. There you go. But I or or high. But I don't think I would watch it under another circumstance. Even though I played for like a year, it's just not a great movie. The concept is good. There's these like Mad Max style roving bands. They go from village to village. Like the world is apocalyptic. There's no water, and they fight to the death in these villages. 
and with a real dog school and you know whoever gets the score basically which team wins they recruit from those who aren't dead in the village and they move on to the next village and so the team survives and continues wow and it's this very like wow okay yeah um <laughs> like book of eli or something it, it, it's yeah very, that's what i'm imagining out there <laughs> yeah that's pretty close to how it is and it i think it could be really good if it got a remake to be honest but um in its current iteration it's just like it's an interesting concept but you know the the practical effects aren't so great and you know it's 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 about the idea and the game has survived since then it's just continued to grow and there's lots of players around the world especially south america uh, lots of europe south america and europe are probably the two hotbeds where everyone everyone like has at least a chapter in every major city madrid is crazy good ireland is crazy good mm. um puerto rico really strong players there um, brazil too i can't think of any locations off the top of my head but those ones germany of course it's a german movie so Germany definitely plays, I think, at maybe the highest level. There's just like, they're all, they're, I don't want to. Yeah, how does I, that ranking, that, is there an international ranking? Like you mentioned with the esports, you're like, I'm in the top whatever 3%. Mm-hmm. So that, that means you're really, really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, we're, how, don't get me did, wrong. Our team here at Portland is nowhere near the level of like professional Germans because they're all, I want to say, at least 25 to 30, like very, very athletic, like, you know, they look like bikers when you look at their builds, like bikers or soccer players, because Jugger's mostly about, I would say, you know, core is really important. Leg work is really important. But when you're striking, you're not striking hard. You're striking quickly. It's just to get that tap and then keep mm-hmm. moving on. Um, kind of, It's like watching people dance when they're playing the very high level. There's lots of feints, not a ton of contact because it's just kind of over as soon as the two teams collide in the middle of the field. Huh. Okay. It's, I've yet it's... to watch watch this go down, so now I'm really interested, <laughs> mm-hmm. and I definitely will spectate. Yeah, I'll definitely invite you to the next tournament because we yeah. have them at least three or four times a year here in Portland, and I think there's one coming up in March or May or April. Okay. Something like that. Mm-hmm. I'm down. Yeah. Yeah. Anyone um, can come. It's just a public event. We just go to a park or something and reserve a mm-hmm. covered area just so we can protect our gear, and everyone goes to town. And we'll usually have like a four to six teams playing together. Nice. Good time. Nice. I just love how you've introduced me to this whole world that I was not even aware of before. Oh, I had no idea, too. <laughs> I was just bored. It's got like half our teams in Vancouver, half some Portland. Eh, close enough. I was free on those nights. So it was like, it was something to do. And um, at the time, I was like, I was going into a breakup as well. And I just really needed something to put myself into that wasn't staying at home on my computer by myself or online with friends. You know, I need, I need to be out of the house away doing mm-hmm. things and i love everybody on my team so much they've they've been so kind and so caring and i've met people from all walks of life too uh yeah i don't even know where to start like just just some of the most supportive friends i've ever met one of them is even my gym buddy sean and he and i usually get together twice a week um mm-hmm. not so much since the holidays but we're, we're back on the saddle i'm very very sore right now because two days ago we did chest again for the first time in a month and it shows, at least for me. It, <laughs> wow. Um, it was humbling, but in a good way. Yeah, I see you post on your Insta all the time, and I always fire emoji every time <laughs> I, I, I see it. Because yes, you guys have been very it. consistent, yeah, mm-hmm. which I have not. So I was like, yep, support you. Mm-hmm. Um, so pivoting now, and we were kind of touching on this earlier as far as job searches, and you were kind of going through a bit of a stretch of like a job search when I first met you. And that's why... That's one of the first things I think we did. I was like, give me your, e- or here's my email, send me your mm-hmm. resume. I'll look at it and I'll try to find people that you can talk to or be introduced to. Um, that was over the course of about, about a year. Is that right? Yeah. 600 jobs in. And I am very thankful to have income, but I'd love a role that gives me more room to really focus on community management. That's what I've loved ever since I found it. It's just there's been nothing quite, nothing quite like <laughs> other people um, hit their goals and just do what they want to. If it's just connecting them to someone else who can do what they want, like I kind of understand now why why recruiters enjoy what they do, why mm-hmm. people people do what they do is because you get to see other people solve their problems themselves, or you help them fix the problem. You just right. have to give them connection to the resource or the person that makes it all doable. Yeah, I could see you definitely doing that. Or being some kind of HR 
recruitment or um, training. I think you would do really well in those spaces. And I would have to say as far as, because I did, you know, I was in HR for a few years when I was working as a student at the U of A in Arizona. And it was my most, one of my most favorite jobs because I did the um, orientation. And so I was like the face <laughs> of HR to that part of the of campus. And it's the feeling of helping people just navigate a campus and orient themselves. And there was so you're everybody's favorite because you've just given them a job and you're yeah. helping them. And then, you know, that was the medical campus as well. So you I got to meet all kinds of like first year residents that like are so fresh are so mm -hmm. naive and full of <laughs> full of life and energy and want to like help people and help heal people and then you know that that quickly changes once they get the second year <laughs> and they really understand what it's about but it was some of the most satisfying years to be the person that just provides people information the right documents helping them you know in any way i could and i think that was the attitude i had when I was a young student, if I could just help one person today, then that's totally worth it. And I, you definitely have that energy where you're just very generous with your time. Um, you're really good at articulating things. And when I think of a man that is like actually a bit more evolved than some of my friends, I think of you because I was like, how does he do that? It's very nice <laughs> Because sometimes we'll nice talk. Yeah. And you have, well, I could tell definitely too, you've done a lot of self-work and you have the language and the tools. You, you do it in such a way that is so um, gracious and so self-aware that it's sometimes really shocking because I, I, you know, sometimes I'm like, how, how did he get, how did he arrive here at 30? It took me a much longer time frame to even understand half of these concepts about myself. Um, uh, someone cooked here. I mean, fine boom. <laughs> yeah, I. I've been very lucky in terms of the friendships and experiences I've had in, over the course of my life. And I owe a decent chunk of that to my parents and a decent chunk to just, I would say, learning from past dating experiences and learning from past mm -hmm. friendships and trying to treat people without malice and just recognize where they're coming from because we're all just trying to get through it and everybody makes mistakes. Can't really take those back, but you can make sure they don't happen again. For sure. Mm hmm for sure. No, I do appreciate that. Um, and you did mention you just turned 30. Yep, yep, yep. Mm -hmm. Big 30. Um, how, do you, how do you foresee things being different from like your baby 20 self to now going into your 30s? Which is a very exciting time, by the way. I mean, if anybody tells you different, like your dirty 30s are like some of the best times of your life. For me, it was difficult in that I was trying to navigate, like trying to carve out a career for myself. Mm -hmm. But I, I worked hard and I definitely partied hard. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. There's room for both. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I I guess I'm a little surprised that it doesn't feel as different as I expected. I always thought that 30 was ancient, super old. And I still interact <laughs> with so many people who I think I come across as much younger than I am sometimes. Well, you have the baby face. Exactly. <laughs> like, I've, I've lost the mustache um, and I've I've really leaned into i think trying to spend time on the things that excite me and so naturally i come across as a very excited person and i've definitely had interactions like with my girlfriend's sisters for example where i'll be spending time with them and we haven't connected in a long time it's been five or seven years and people either them or people we were hanging out with in tandem but i asked wait how old are you and i'd go oh i'm 30 he'd be like you're so old and you know they're you know 22 19 yeah i'm like just wait 13. yeah i'm like yeah give it time it won't, won't seem so old <laughs> soon trust me uh but you know like i said before by comparison they also seem really young to me you know like there was a lot of change that happened in both my early 20s and my late 20s although the type of change was very different and i definitely feel so much less anxiety about certain mm -hmm. things in my life where it's like mm -hmm. i'm kind of at an age where like i kind of don't care what i look like going to the grocery store as long as I'm presentable and I've like washed my face, I'll just put on a hat. And 25 year old me would never have done that. I always like showered and like I, I was, you know, like I had a little cologne. Like I was. So go to the grocery store. 
Colo- even, who, honey, who are you trying to run into at the grocery store? You never know. Somebody every, hot? Every time Do I, I need to dress, dress. start dressing up to go to the grocery store? <laughs> yes. Dress up, go to New Seasons or Trader Joe's and just like <laughs> revel in the sexual tension that like is just floating through the air. It is. Well, I mean, during COVID, there was definitely a lot of sexual tension with my yes. mask on. Yes. Which, by the way, I don't understand. I never understood this because I w- and that was probably it because we were all cooped up inside. So the grocery store was the only place that you could run into people. But like, I would walk into the grocery store, I'd be masked up, and I would catch a guy like checking me out, mm-hmm. and I'm like, "You can't even see my face. <laughs> like, what are you? What are you well, even you trying to do? You can still see noses, <laughs> eyebrows, like." You know, forehead can be a good indicator, like, oh, at least they seem to have like clear skin, maybe you know, like you know, they take care of themselves or like the eyes are very expressive. There's still there's still half a face there, you know, to to read off of a person. Although yes, it was so hard to capture people's I think when you don't have body language necessarily, if someone's maybe not speaking with their hands and you only have the upper half of their face, it was very hard to read people at times when yeah. everyone was masking. It was very very challenging but i think a lot of people acclimated including myself it was not nearly the barrier afterward that it had been before because i think we've mm-hmm. all just kind of like taken for granted the ability to speak face to face and as more and more countries and more and more i think places stores cultures embrace masking as just kind of a safe way to ensure that you're going out and not giving people something mm-hmm. it's it's becomes less of a barrier i've also seen people have like clear masks kind of where you can kind of like see more of the oh, lips yeah. and read the lips more mm-hmm. um, whether for chronic illnesses or just because they simply want to be able to communicate better with people it was it was really cool to see that i i stumbled across it someone doing interviews at some comic-con or something else and there were people there who just had clear masks over their mouths and was like that that's smart as long as you know yeah. you're not like coughing into it or something and getting you know i don't know i they got really gross for me because i'd wear masks sometimes during covid when i was like running outside around Mount Tabor yeah. or other areas in portland and it'd just be like I take it off. I just throw it away. I don't even want to look at it. Um, don't miss yeah, that. I think I, I, yeah. Don't miss that. I tried that twice going to the gym and I was like, I can't do this. So I was just running yeah. outside. <laughs> I have friends who I very much want to go to dance parties with, but they always mask up and dance in this very warm dancing hall. And they have fans going and everything. But I'm like, I can't dance in a mask. Like, I, no. Okay. No. I could if I had to, but there's no desire for me to do no. that. I, I, I just, it does not appeal to me. Let me know when, you know, when, when, masks are able to come off or we can dance in a ventilated area that's right open yeah then whatever at that point (sighs) do not miss that at all man COVID times just really it i think we're just now starting to realize how much had changed how much we've changed and and there were so many things that i felt like i lost um definitely relationships Mm-hmm. And I was, you know, talking with a few folks yesterday about this. It's like this woman was sharing how they, you know, their friend group just got smaller and smaller and smaller. Um, and I totally feel the same way. I mean, it's a, it was a blessing and a curse because you get to know who your real friends are <laughs> and who's really going to stick with you and roll with you through the hard times. But it was also really sad, you know, to lose those places and avenues and events um, that we're just so used to. Yes. Um, so we're coming up on our time here, and I could talk to you forever, and we probably will later this weekend when we're partying. 100%, yes. Again for my birthday. <laughs> so excited. Yes, it's going to be a good time. <laughs> but do you have, you're just a, a well of wisdom. Do you have a personal oh. mantra, or I'm really big into affirmations. I think mm-hmm. they really do help me kind of recenter sometimes when I'm, my brain is all over the place. Is there a personal mantra? or affirmation that you like to repeat at, at different times to yourself or to other people? Yeah, 100%. I spent so much of my life not knowing what I wanted. And I don't think that was anyone else's fault because I was encouraged to try so many things and go down so many different avenues. Again, within the confines of religion and you know Judeo-Christian, conservative, more traditional perspective. But I really, really wish that someone had told me earlier that if you don't know what you want, it's simply because you haven't tried many things. And I don't know if that would have resounded with me at the time, but I was on a video call with Venus Williams, of all people, two years ago. Um, because what? The, the boss, I, yeah, 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 okay. So, <laughs> so I was working, um, and my boss at the time, we just had our one-to-one, we were hanging out, um, connecting as usual, mostly talking about Henry Cavill's abdomen. 
and uh, yeah, shoulders. why wouldn't you be talking about Henry Cavill? Exactly, exactly. Just in regular like, conversation. We would spend hey, Henry, whole love hour you. Just yeah, like like we talk about where. Don't get me wrong, but like it was just like I, no one had any opposition there. Um, she was the type who would she'd go visit her sister in London and hang out around his neighborhood, just you know on a walk to like cafes and stuff, just see if he's around. Yeah, yeah, and uh, it was a very good time. It was it was always a great time, and she and I broke our you know we finished our one on one like see you later. And she sent me a message like, hey, uh, do you want to come to a video call that we're going into? Like just for, for our company, because we'd like we apparently sponsored her to speak at the company to a select group of like 20 or 30 people. I was like, um, yes, obviously. And so I hopped in there and she was like, you know, like, hey, you know, we all congratulate. Like, oh, my gosh, we're huge fans. You're so cool. And her advice, I, I asked her, like, what would you recommend if someone doesn't know what they want, either out of life or relationship or their career? what would you say to that person? She said, you just haven't tried enough things. So if you, if you mm. don't know what you want, you haven't gone far enough. You haven't traveled enough roads. That's life experience. That's, that's how we decide what we want is by finding all the things we don't like. You know, hot For porridge, sure. cold porridge, just right. Mm -hmm. You never know. And the chances are, as you continue to try more things over the course of your life, your preferences and even your beliefs, like your identity is going to change. That's how the human existence is. I hate change. So I never really thought about it like that, but that completely redefined it for me. Yeah, I have it. <laughs> me I think, too. Yeah, it's it's still sticky on my on my mirror, so I see it every day. Is just like like change is okay. Trying new things is healthy. Like I would require it almost in order to get the maximum experience as as a human. Like that's, you just gotta keep trying stuff, and it's gonna suck. It will a hundred percent suck sometimes, but that's part of the game. Just like dating, just like trying new food going places yeah it, it's you're not gonna like it and that's okay but you'll be glad you tried it because of like now i know i don't like that or now i know yeah. i don't like this in a person like it there are just some deal breakers out there and you won't know them until you meet them i'm sorry my brain is stuck on the fact that you got to be on a call with venus williams <laughs> I, I just forget to mention it sometimes, you know. So jealous. But I love to drop it casually because it usually gets that kind of reaction. It's like, so I was on a call with Venus Williams like two years <laughs> ago. We were, you know, and it wasn't just me and her. Like, I should clarify, you know. I Yeah, but still, like, Venus, mm -hmm. my to my younger baby self, like, I was like, oh, my gosh, girls, like, brown and black girls can play tennis. <laughs> you know, it yeah. was like, and it's like the minute mm -hmm. she, because she started her professional career really young, and I, mm -hmm. I'm like a little bit younger than her i think she's or maybe about we're about the same age i don't even remember but just seeing her on on tv and being on like oprah and like she's there you know talking about and she's just like so cute and she's you know loud spoken but like can hold her own on the mm -hmm. tennis court it was very inspiring so she is really up there as far as like you know, athletes you look up to as like role models growing up and stuff. So yeah, and just I'm, I'm very jealous. Way. Yeah, like mm -hmm. she, she just sets the standard. And I can't imagine the pressure that she's endured over oh, the course yeah. of her life, you know, just having to represent women, having to represent black people. Like just she, she's such an icon in so many ways. I'm not jealous at all of like, you know, the stress that she must endure. But she handles it so mm -hmm. gracefully. She and Serena both, even especially after like you, it's very easy when two siblings are both good at something for one to get all the resources or attention and not the other and the fact that they're still friends to this day and they've navigated those kinds of stresses in their relationship is yeah a huge testament to their yeah. ability to stay true to their identities and not compromise while right. also caring about other people yeah especially i just you know i remember watching them on doing the grand slams and they would have to play against each other and i'm like how Why? how can you even do Why? that and yeah. then walk off and hug each other and stuff now i do really love because venus has had to take some time off for health issues but yes. when they come mm -hmm. back they play in doubles which is to me like the most mega like good luck <laughs> yeah honestly sisters. like if i saw them i would just be like like if we get one point i'll be content you cannot, I, this is what I try to tell people because I was a tennis player in high school. I've never been ranked. My friends are all seated, you know, nationally. Mm -hmm. So they're really, really good. What I tell people is like, if you can even return a serve mm -hmm. from Venus Williams and she's, she's pretty tall. So she has like a very powerful serve. It's almost impossible for like regular lay people, non-professional <laughs> tennis players to be able to do that. Like, she will end you pretty quickly just with, with her serve. You're mm -hmm. done. 
So I feel like people don't really appreciate her talent as much. Yeah. Compared um, to especially to like sports that are male dominated, like NBA or yeah. you know NFL, that are a lot more I think visible to some people. Or just get more coverage, more ingrained. You know. Yeah. No, I feel like you've been holding out on me, not mentioning this earlier in our friendship. What is that about? I, I, did, I, I looked at you know like breadcrumb <laughs> a little bit. I didn't want to drop it all at once. You know. <laughs> I love it. Well, it's January, so I'm curious. Um, we'll we'll end it on this note. What are your personal goals for this coming year? 2024 I, I have too many i'm i'm still in the process of narrowing it down but i have i think like five to seven things that i really want to happen this year um i'd really really like to find a role where i'm a both challenged and b making enough to actually save enough for annie and i to actually move in together and find a place that's shared rather than us traveling 30 to 40 minutes mm-hmm. just to see each other once or twice a week because that's just, that's just eh, so silly and the other one that I set for myself personally is to cut down on my weight because right now I'm 26 pounds and like weight is really not a great indicator of someone's health. But I no. really, really want to focus on like cutting weight and shedding, well, shedding fat specifically to the point where I'm down closer to 200 this year because I think that's a very sustainable mm. goal that I could hit is within like three or four months, to be honest. But no, I, I think. Don't want to rush it. Yeah. It's a tough one. You're absolutely correct. Please. And this is tough when you are trying to track what you're doing because, you know, mm-hmm. I do get into those moments too where it's like you're weighing yourself every day. Mm-hmm. And then it starts to affect your mental health because, oh, well, there's, you know, I went up two pounds. I mean, yeah. even though that's just water weight. So be very careful with that because you are working out. And so a lot mm-hmm. of that is turning into muscle. Exactly. Which weighs three times as much as fat. Right. So it's not a good indicator of overall health. But I would like to focus on leaning into a leaner build. Um, one, because of my apnea, like my apnea is really bad. And the, the less weight I have in my body, the less I need like a CPAP or other alternative forms mm. of remediation or treatment, because it's just, it's so much better for my heart. If I just can cut down from about 225 to 200, um, my, my skeletal frame, everything that my body's trying to do automatically in my sleep way better. And I also just want to feel my best. And I've, Never felt better, I think, in my life physically than when I was 175 about three or four years ago, and I was running three times a week. Like I was, I was just mm. always running. Not a ton mm-hmm. of upper body strength, but I had like very little fat. It had to be, you know, under 20 percent, 15 percent, and for me, that was a new record. I just wanted that yeah. feeling again. And I could, I ran for hours at a time too. Like I'd run for a whole hour. I did like a 10k in 45 minutes or an hour, which is you know nothing insane, but. It felt so good, and by the end, I like I jogged home and took a shower, and I wasn't even sore. And I was just like, "All right, you know, this is cool." I, I like to like my body. I want to enjoy my body and make the most of it while I you still have it. You should love your body. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, everyone should. Like that's the goal, and that's why I love working out so much. Is because it's like I'll get done, and you know, right now I feel so sore when I even just like extend my arms is along my collarbone, just this tension from not having used those muscles for a whole month and mm-hmm. just forging on pumpkin pie and cherry diet coke and that's okay i i gave well, myself cherry is the best flavor by the way 100 <laughs> percent, and it's cherry zero i'm so sorry it's I, I can't diet is not nearly as appetizing to me but zero aspartame oh god aspartame okay we're gonna hard. have to talk about that later <laughs> there's no there's no like serious side effects i'm sure there can't be I'm not going to throw stones because I have a sweet tooth and I am the person halfway through dinner. I'm like, we're going to get dessert, right? We're going to split something. Oh, no, I have ice cream in the fridge. I'm grabbing that after this. Like, So I have a major like, yeah, addiction to sugar, which is probably one of the worst addictions you can have. So I am not one to judge on anybody else's, you know, sugar drinks. Um, as long as you're not drinking too many of those like. Um, energy. Oh yeah, no. I've those energy those drinks are just just drink coffee, people. Yeah, exactly. Like, please like, stop. Even green tea has the caffeine you need for. Yes, a that's what boost. I'm drinking right now to make sure I have <laughs> enough caffeine. Yeah, it um, just it's it's a slow release. You don't need 200 milligrams if you're going to sit on your ass all day and then go to the gym. Like it's my heart rate. Like I was getting inconsistent after like a month or two of drinking some, and I just there's so many better ways to treat your body and get the most out of your workout. Even just drinking like whey protein isolate which I really mm. love before, during or after your workout is going to do so much more for your muscle mass and for making yeah. you just feel good long term. I used to do chocolate milk after a run. 
Yeah, that's a that's a really good one. Really, it was good my one. excuse to to be able to drink, give myself some chocolate milk. Yeah, it. I, I wouldn't even say excuse. It's earned. Helps your muscles mm-hmm. recover faster. It tastes delicious. Yeah. Yeah. No, I love that. Okay. Couple of things to work towards. I think definitely. I mean, you know, it'd be really nice for you and your partner to live in the same same house. I think that's a that's a good one. Same state um, would be nice too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good stuff. <laughs> any any last parting words you want to share with the people? Such a good question. Um, I've got a couple of projects in the works. I just complained. I made like a really emotional post on LinkedIn. So definitely follow me there. I talked about how much I cried last week, or why how much I wanted to cry, just because of like just annoyances in the job search process and continuing to grow in my career and the frustrations that happen there. It's very natural. And I'm just kind of tired of not being vulnerable. And I encourage everyone to just be vulnerable as much as you can be Mm. and continue pushing that boundary because I think we're all a little scared of oversharing. And if you can't, I think that went out the window a long time ago. If you can't (laughs) overshare to them, they're not your friends. And this is something that I wish I'd known five years ago, because some people I used to overshare just be like, damn, that's crazy. Which is their, code word for shut up we we don't want to hear you even when i'm talking about something that's really real to me and very personal and important and surprise i don't spend time with people who (laughs) act that way anymore too much and i'm much happier for it Um, as much as i miss them as much as i appreciated the time we spent yeah surround yourself with people who matter i'm also working on visiting the gym twice a week and if you haven't or anyone else hasn't been on the you know to the gym and x amount of time literally just go you don't even have to work just go to the gym one time like if you show up and you only pull into the parking lot and walk through the door and walk back out to your car you still showed up you still went to the gym and that's still better than not going at all mm-hmm. um also i have this random one project i'm working on where i'm like narrating steamy ai celebrity fanfic that i really Ooh. really want to get <laughs> off the ground but i'm trying to figure out pacing and i want it to be a whole like book link like there's going to be a whole story and subplot and yeah i'm just going to narrate uh i think my favorite starting point is Henry Cavill in Paris but there's going to be a lot of other you know guest appearances and so forth to kind of make things a little more exciting so that's nice where can people find that when you're uh, done well and it's not published yet but when it is it'll probably be on a twitter handle called um steamy celebs like steamy c-e-l-e-b-s Hot. uh that's if it's not camped already I haven't actually checked to make sure it's available but that'll be the x handle for it I love it. That's amazing. <laughs> Should be a good time. I figure, yeah, if I could just land a couple, like like a Quinn sponsorship or something out there that's just like, hey, like, yeah, cool, a little monthly stipend, whatever you do. Yeah, I feel like there's not, I have so many friends um, who I will just listen to them, like read the phone. Like We don't really have phone books anymore, but the quality of voice is so nice. That I could just listen to them talk about anything, read a receipt or whatever. I don't care. And nobody takes me seriously. And I feel like that would be such a great fit for you because they have a wonderful voice. It's very soothing. Thank you. Yeah. Um, and your I, manner and cadence of speaking, I, I just love. So that totally makes sense to me. And I could totally see you kind of voicing maybe like, you know, anime characters or whatever, whatever all the kids are doing these days. I would love to do voice acting. It'd yeah. be so much fun. You'd be so great at that. Thank you. Um, okay, uh, like that's really good to kind of put out into the universe now, mm-hmm. because anytime you, I've found that anytime you put something out like that, you usually get an answer, you know, at some point. Yeah, maybe so it's not really what you important. Expected. Maybe not from yeah. what you thought, but that's why it's so great. Is because you put it out there and you were open to it. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Well, look, thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, I am excited for, for this weekend. It's always good talking to you. Yeah, and I can't wait. It's going to be a fun time. <laughs> Um, and for you folks out there, uh, definitely check out Luke. Where, where can the people find you? What's your, what's your, um, LinkedIn and your Insta? My LinkedIn is linkedin.com slash I N slash L Hostetler, H O S T E T L E R. And it's long. Uh, just Google my first and last name. Probably one of the top results. I am not the football player from Illinois. That is your, that is your key. The other Luke oh. Hostetler. Wait a minute. I'm going to go check that guy out now. <laughs> Go for it. Like, I'd love to hear your opinion. (laughs) Your is your Insta public? My Insta is public. Yeah, you can find me on most platforms as uh, Hardfoil, H A R D F O I L, and I just 
I love to shit post. I love to just talk about whatever. Um, for me, it was Twitter. It was mostly talking about esports, community management. Those are the things I tend to complain about, get excited about, whine about, mm-hmm. so forth. And cat cat photos, of course. Of course, yes. <laughs> I. You said I was a cat daddy at the start. That's not strictly true. Like when I typed it out, it made me laugh. So I was like, "We're we're mm-hmm. going with this." I don't think I even asked you. I was like, "We're this is what we're doing now." I mean, it's all I want to <laughs> be. I just yeah, I love volunteering. <laughs> I love adopting neighborhood cats. I love petting cats. I love seeing cats. I love talking about cats. I send cat videos to Annie all the time, and she sends it back to me, and it's it's my favorite thing in the world. Mm-hmm. I love it. Thanks for coming on. This was quite a treat, I have to say, for for us and for our listeners. So hopefully, I'll have you back on later in the future. I'm sure we could have a whole cat conversation if we really wanted to. Oh, yeah. Not, um, not a problem. <laughs> well, thank you guys so much for listening. Um, stay safe out there. And much love to my baddies. And until next time, bye. Bye, y'all. <laughs>